listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Welcome to 9ES number 250. Can you believe it? If you are a fan of 9ES and you want to toss us a couple of bucks, I would highly suggest that you go to patreon.com slash 9to5cc and subscribe to the 9ES deluxe level package where you will get access to two episodes every month of 9ES Garbage Time, which is the bonus episode that we record after we finish recording the main episode of 9ES. On this week's Garbage Time, we talk about the Star Wars versus Star Trek film franchises, the film Bloodsport, and the latest UFC. On this episode, though, the main episode, episode 250 that you're listening to right now, we talk about Mama Juana from the Dominican Republic, Porfirio Rubirosa, also from the Dominican Republic, the cancellation of the Cowboy Bebop TV show, Community, Tiger King 2, Jeff Hardy walking out of the WWE, the Hawkeye TV show, the Space Jam franchise, uh, Ninjago, and uh, 8-Bit Christmas. All this and more on 9ES. Sit back and enjoy the show. Episode 250. It also segues into something that I did want to talk about. I'm going to do, uh, after I talk about Sarah's Broken Riz, I, I, I was like, I have some 90s edutainment Ooh. for you guys. Does it involve fractures? No. It involves a little bit of the history of the Dominican Republic. Okay, go on. So tell us what happened. So, um, it was, you know the water slides where you go down as like a, a tube in the dark, you go real fast, and then it kind of like shoots you into a toilet bowl. Okay. Are you, are you familiar with this water slide design? I'm familiar with toilet bowls. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm so it's terrified like, of how this ties into the history of the Dominican. Well, no, it just <laughs> happened in the Dominican. That's the only <laughs> That's the only real tie in here. Um, so they tell you, okay, like put your uh, hands behind your head and like tuck your tuck your chin and then also like bend your legs a little bit. Don't put your legs straight because you have to bend your legs just like a smidge to like not accelerate like a crazy person because <clears throat> I don't want you hitting this thing, I guess, too fast. Even with that advice, you hit the, the way like the tube comes out and like spits you into the funnel. I got airborne and I fall and I fell and I like smashed my hip. Like I was like, bang, but I like, you know, I was like, my, my brain went into pro wrestling mode, which was just like tuck the chin, protect the neck, right? Like that's how mm-hmm. you take a power bomb. Okay. <laughs> and like it sucked. Never Sarah let it be said that of... professional wrestling was useless. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's I was like, I re- well, because I was just terrified of what would happen if the, my head snapped back and hit the hard plastic of the funnel. I was like, this was this. I was like, I don't know what's happening. I'm going a million miles an hour, getting shot into a funnel. But I was like, you have that moment of airborne, and you're like, there's going to be an impact, and I just don't want my head to hit. <clears throat> um, Sarah shot out of the hole, like probably twice as fast as i did (laughs) like sailed through the air hit the hard plastic of the funnel and like her clasp on her head like unlocked and she just like splatted on the entire thing so she ended up banging her head busting up her wrist she has a huge bruise on her butt and a huge bruise on her ankle like she like smashed up her whole body the only thing that broke though was the wrist but like i mean there's a version of that where she's all the way in the hospital, like immediately in the Dominican Republic, like call the ambulance. Yeah. Like, I mean, looking the guys at were that like, actually... I've never seen anything like that before. <laughs> I was like, well, really? I mean, looking at that x-ray, 
that sh- probably should have been the case. Well, yeah, but I mean, <clears throat> but just for her wrist, I'm just saying, like, considering, like, it could have been, like, a stack of, like, broken things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, in addition to the wrist. Like, yeah, she probably should have gotten... Anyway, but then we just drank a bunch and partied. And uh, and it was not until a day later when we were traveling home where she was like, this is real bad. And then uh, <clears throat> the morning after we got home, Rand got x-rays. And yeah, she like fractured her radius bone. And apparently all of the little wrist bones above it are like compressed. So they had to like stretch it out. They had to set <laughs> her bones a couple times. Uh, they set it all. They set the whole thing, put her in a cast, took an x-ray, didn't like the way it was set. Cut the uh, cast open, reset all the bones again, recasted her. And now they're going to check on uh, this coming Friday to see if she, if the bones are mending in the correct position or if they need to like Put some go in and in. do some. What? Put some pins in. I guess, yeah. So uh, to make not. sure it yeah. goes through. <clears throat> Hilariously, it's on the same arm that she already broke once as a child. Huh. Let that be a lesson. Arm. Yeah, exactly. So. That's it. How does this relate to the Dominican Republic? So anyway, Republic? so we were in the Dominican Republic, and I did mention the drinking. <clears throat> yes. So uh, while I was in the Dominican Republic, there's this thing that they try to get you to drink. Have either of you been to the Dominican Republic before? No. Nope. Okay. So there's this drink that they're always trying to like pass up on tourists called Mama Juana, and it's M-A-M-A space Juana, J-U-A-N-A. And I was sure. like, this sounds like a bunch of hokum, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like 100% like something that they're just trying to shill to tourists and whatever else. It's a drink made of like wine, rum, and honey, and there's like a bunch of sticks in the bottle. Okay. And, Wait, what are the sticks? They, the sticks. Uh, and they swear that it's like, they're like, it's an aphrodisiac or whatever. Whoa. <clears throat> Only yeah. 15 American dollars. Yeah, something like that. Um, so, but I was like immediately suspect of it. I was like, whatever, I'll try your little drink and blah, 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 blah. Who cares? It's a tourist thing. But I was like, is this just like nonsense that they're trying to shill? So in fact, no, mm-hmm. it is actually considered one of the first distilled spirits of the Americas, even before rum. Hmm. Was this like a Caribbean alcoholic beverage of uh, Mama Juana? Um, considering that early Spanish explorers used to mix European alcohol with Tainos herbal tea, the combination that created the first Mama Juana, <clears throat> and it was outlawed during the dictatorship of Rafael Trujillo, who, as we all know, was like one of the most like serious Caribbean dictators of mm-hmm. that era, like the the 30s and the 60s. And then, furthermore, <clears throat> well, I guess like the main deal is is that the aphrodisiac portion of it you no longer have because apparently that was actually leatherback turtle meat in the original recipe. <laughs> Gnarly. So that's what's supposed. So that's what's supposed to like get you going. And the uh, notable Mama Wanda drinker was the other guy who I wanted to bring up, which is uh, Porfirio Porfirio Rubirosa. Does that name mean anything to either of you? That sounds like a grapefruit. Nope. Well, he is. Hang on. What is it? A Dominican diplomat, race car driver, sol- soldier, and polo player. Uh-huh. <laughs> the most interesting man in the world. Basically the most interesting man in the world, Porfirio uh, Rubirosa. He was married five times to some of the richest women in the world. <laughs> he married huh. the dictator's daughter, uh, Flor de Oro Trulio. He married, he married uh, Daniel Derieu, who was a French actress. He married Doris Duke, who was an American heiress. <laughs> 
Uh, he married Barbara Hutton, who was another American heiress. And then he married Odile Rodin, who was a French actress. He was also linked romantically to a bunch of people that, like old-timey movie stars and stuff that I don't recognize, but also Eartha Kitt, Marilyn Monroe, <laughs> Ava Gardner, Zsa Gabor, Judy Garland, Ava Peron. <laughs> wow, like, wow, wow. This guy got this around. This guy got around. And as the final, uh, I guess, tip in the hat, <clears throat> Uh, where's this? The Truman Capote <laughs> uh, wrote of Ruby's principal um, endowment in his <laughs> unfinished novel, Answered Prayers. Truman Capote, Truman Capote, that's right. Truman Capote describing Ruby Rosa's dick as an 11 inch cafe au lait sinker as thick as a man's wrist. <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. I wonder which earned why him that the book nick- was unfinished. <laughs> which earned him the nickname Toujours Prêt. Mm-hmm. Always ready. Jesus. When asked to compare Ruby's member to a writer to the a writer's eleven size uh, size eleven shoe, one of his paramours glanced at the shoe and merely shrugged. Ruby was bigger. And this man died. Guess guess how does this man die? Stingray uh... attack crashing his plane <clears throat> crashing his car crashing his ferrari 250 gt uh after his team his he was in his 50s and you can play polo well into your 50s because you're just riding the horse the horse is the athlete you're just the man on it his team uh legitimately won the polo coupe de france <laughs> and he was partying at a paris nightclub jimmy's in honor of winning the game and uh crashed his car in the early morning <laughs> Boy, bummer to die early with all that going for you. Yeah, well. You missed, missed 25 years of, of madness. I mean, I guess that that's true. But, like, there's also burning like burning out instead of fading away. Like, this guy like, mm. literally died on top. Like, just won the Coupe de France. Has had a crazy <laughs> life. Apparently was, like, a spy and an assassin for Trulio also. Like, mm. just pure nonsense most interesting man actual most interesting man in the world and then just like wins the coupe de france in polo and then dies crashing his super fancy ferrari i'm like not a terrible way to go like you're in your 50s like don't get me wrong i don't want to die in my 50s but that sounds like like a good way to retire peacefully to the mountains under assumed identity or that maybe he faked his own death and was like because i mean fireballing your ferrari is okay, it, but hold it... on, hold on, hold on. Why would you choose to do that when the alternative is banging all of the hottest actresses the world has created? So here, uh... so there is like the conspiracy angle, right? He died, air quotes, uh-huh. <laughs> in 1965, <clears throat> just four years after uh, uh, Trulio was assassinated by like CIA-sponsored conspirators, right? Like, mm-hmm. so there you and go. white people—that's why you stop sleeping with all exactly the i'm like if this... white people <laughs> yeah if if this guy actually did assassinations for trulio and whatever like you got to imagine like the cia was clamping all around those caribbean dictators and their their goon squad and whatever like it may have been reason to fake your own death and skip town if the cia had like just assassinated el jefe a couple years earlier <laughs> if you actually had ties to like doing murders for that guy and whatever Anyway, so that is the story of uh, Mama Juana, the f- preferred drink of Porfirio Rubirosa, the most interesting man in the world. <laughs> Woo, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I mean, imagine being his lover. Ow. No. <laughs> the oh, Truman I Capote did. thing is hilarious, though. 
that was interesting. I will repeat it, though. Uh-huh. Are you ready? An 11-inch cafe au lait sinker as thick as a man's wrist. So while you were talking, I opened up his Wikipedia page to, to <laughs> verify some of this stuff. And it says about halfway down... His Playboy lifestyle was matched by stories of his sexual prowess. His reputedly larger-than-average penis size inspired Parisian waiters at Maxim's to name gigantic pepper mills Ruby Roses. <laughs> you know, you know those crazy big pepper mills that they put over your plate at fancy restaurants. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. Yeah, that's hilarious. Jeez. Alrighty then. So what Keith- a guy. Uh, tangent off off topic. They they canceled Cowboy Bebop. They sure did. One season, mm-hmm. which I'm pretty bummed about, and I blame the internet. Why do you blame the internet? So, um, it had 74 million hours of downloads, right? Which puts it on the cusp of like that is a in consideration for cancellation and in consideration for uh, renewal. Like that's mm-hmm. like when people are saying like other shows that do that. Those numbers mm. are. Like, it's on the cusp. How was it? And I just think that a bunch of nerds got butt hurt that Vicious was a dork, and then uh, had wrote bad reviews for it. And then they were like, "Well, if it's getting bad reviews and it's on the cusp, we're going to cancel it." Was budget a consideration? Like, if it was yes. expensive and it was on expensive. the on the sure, lower end, but yeah. but yeah, it was apparently cheaper than Altered Carbon. And Altered Carbon got a second season, and that second season was terrible. Right. Well, they first season was good. Yeah, yeah I think the first really season good. of Bebop was good, too. Was it as good as the first season of Altered Carbon? Probably. By the end, mm. like, it ends well. Like, the last three, four episodes are, like, real good. It, it, it absolutely takes a little bit of time. And people were also... <clears throat> I was reading a bunch of articles about this, actually, where they were saying that, like, due to the nature of the Netflix model, you can't change stuff on the fly, right? Like, usually a show is kind of, like, coming out as it's being filmed. Like, often, like, the first episode is sort of coming out and you're sort of, like wrapping up say like the the second half of the show while you're releasing the first part so there's like stuff that they yeah exactly that's it so like you could be you you could kind of make a couple adjustments here and there and whatever but it's like with netflix you're like it also kind of like dumps the entire thing on you a lot of people also point out that like the first episode is arguably the weakest episode in the entire series which is that's just a huge mistake yeah (laughs) where Mm -hmm. And, um, and like I said, and, and I honestly, I think that it's my like honest take is if this just came out as like Space Cowboy 2099 and wasn't Cowboy Bebop, there'd be a bunch of nerds who think this was the coolest show ever. But because it's going to be like held up next to like Beloved up there anime. with easily a top five on almost anyone's list all time anime and like kind of like an unimpeachable, like self-contained thing, right? It's not like, oh, it's One Piece and like, which is apparently another thing that Netflix is doing. It's one piece and there's a thousand episodes and they just kind of like stitched it together. You're like, no, like this is, you can watch all of Bebop in 13 hours, start to finish. There's no extra manga storyline or read this part or it got re-released or read like it's really done. So it's easy to compare the two and everybody loves the first one. So I think people got mad anytime they veered off from some of the OG stuff. And I think that absolutely the show failed when it veered off, but also like succeeded at the most when it veered off. So it's like, it took risks and people punished them for it. But right. did, so I don't really, while at the same time calling it a karaoke version of the original show. Yeah, exactly. Which a lot of it was, 
Sure. That first episode was not great because it was the same as the first episode of the anime. I don't know. I, I will say that my, uh, obviously, um, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Tiny sample Random. size of Sarah <laughs> could not get through more than a handful of episodes of the anime. Watch the entire series with me and enjoy yourself. Hmm. So I think that dumb internet uh, reviewers who didn't enjoy their thing being like not perfectly done kind of probably spoiled everything. I don't know. Because I liked it. I have a different theory. I think the show is a little bit chewier than other stuff. It, it was hard for me to like... Chewbacca. No, I like I'm a fan of Cowboy Bebop and I'm a fan of the, the Netflix series. And mm-hmm. I did not want to watch the entire series over a weekend. I was like, I'll watch one, and then I'll give it a couple days, and I'll watch some other stuff, and I'll come back to it. I want to, I want to. I also uh, had that theory too, which was like, Bebop in its nature is meant to be episodic and not binged, right? Like every episode mm-hmm. of the anime is like basically standalone. So, like the anime was really, really built around a weekly schedule, which was like, even if you missed one, meh. Like, other than the major kind of, like, notes on the syndicate and stuff that happen here and there, you can skip an episode of Bebop and not miss a beat, right? Yeah, like, so... no one watches Pure Le Fou, the Foo on the rewatch. No. It's kind of like, that's the Boogie one. Boogie Boogie Feng Shui gets the skip every time. <laughs> Spike walking around with a girl for, like, half an hour without an episode related to, like, a bonsai tree. Get out of here, guys. <laughs> At least Pierre Le Fou has, like, a, has pretty good fighting. It's like, uh, it's like fluid Spike fights... Um, mass while a flippy clown <laughs> flies at him. See, I don't even like those fights because they don't make any sense. Why? Because he's a bouncy clown that jumps over buildings. They kind of make sense of it in the show. Yeah, I'll get there. They give oh, so they, I mean they they basically the the show spells out that Piero Lefou's like move set and whatever else like that is like tech enhanced. Like he's got little like thruster boots and a force field. He's not just. You mean people don't just normally are circular clowns that bounce over buildings? Exactly, that's it. Like they, they, they they establish a tech background to Pierrot Le Fou's. I just felt like Netflix saying the numbers weren't great after it having been out for like three weeks was like, well, maybe you need to give it a little time to find its audience. Well, and and that's what I'm saying is I think that the it's the nerd nerds slamming it on the internet is what push it over the edge because apparently it was like 74 million hours of views or whatever which i mean is like think about it there's 10 episodes 7.4 million viewers per episode let's average it i mean obviously they can see that the drop off was probably say like 40 million on the first and whatever who knows Mm -hmm. but you're like that's a lot of hours (laughs) like average it's got to be the drop off it's got to be really intense for sure for sure and that and that's kind of what they're saying is they were like it didn't start as strong as it could and, and whatever else. And on top of that, as they said, there isn't like room for a show to like find its footing in the Netflix model. It's like, it's gotta be great immediately or because it's all done. Like you can't tweak anything as it goes. You're like, Oh, if the first couple That's episodes. That's kind of a real problem. Most of the shows that, I, or most of the shows, many, many shows that are beloved have a rough first season. You know, yeah. you got to find the voices of the characters. And like, that's, that's kind of something you're, you're, I don't know. Uh, I'm like willing to forgive a lot of shows a shot a shady, shady first season to, to see. What yeah, 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 and that's it. and like I said, judging from um, Bebop, like the the back half is much stronger than the first half. Like everybody kind of like sinks into their roles and they start to have a lot more like 
fun with the banter and everything else as as the characters go on. Like Faye, Faye's character is like immeasurably better in the live action show than she is in the anime. Like she's kind of two dimensional in the anime. Like it's just like mm-hmm. she plays like her one like kind of ditzy self and then is like sad when she's talking about her past, and that's it in the anime. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where like whereas Danielle Pineda's uh like portrayal is like funny and more nuanced and like seems a little more capable kind of and not just in like a dumb anime woman way and stuff and like oh that episode where her and spike have to decide on a bounty and end up just oh yeah amazing it was great i was like oh that was that was really good writing that was Mm -hmm. taking two people who don't like each other and really letting them find what they they have in common shower bath shower man (laughs) (laughs) no it's bath shower bath no No, it's shower shower bath bath, shower Yeah. yeah Unrelated, but on the subject of first seasons, Debbie and I have mm-hmm. been getting through Community, which is also on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I hadn't watched it in a really long time, and man, oh man, is the first season on fire. It's so good. It's so funny. It's, I, can't, it's I, that... I can't believe the, the like pace that they keep the, the, mm-hmm. the, the lines at, the dialogue is snappy, every part of it's great. You can tell... <clears throat> I mean, it's obviously like Dan Harmon and stuff like wrote, but I was like, you can... Yeah. It's the, the other show that is comparable to that and I mean, I guess you can kind of tell because he wrote for it was like 30 Rock, right? Like mm-hmm. it's 30 Rock is the same way where you're like, oh, holy crap. Like the 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 volume of jokes is like a machine gun in both of those shows. And they're yeah. like quality. Like it's not just like whatever sticks. It's like, no, this is all hilarious. And like kind of not afraid to get weird and like yeah. pu- push oh. plot lines like a little farther than you maybe would see any other show go. I, how How far into season one is the paintball episode? Because that's like the oh, I get it. I we get haven't the we're there now. yet, and we're at episode twelve, so okay. we're at episode eleven. You're almost there. Yeah. And fun fact: the paintball episode is directed by the Russo brothers. Yep. Yeah. We'll go on to direct the Avengers. Oh, right. And what was what's his name? Oh, is it Magnitude? Pop, pop. pop. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like every like four or five episodes, and they got Magnitude. Pop, pop, like in the paintball episode. Fuck you, Starburns. Yeah, they foreshadowed it with um one of the like the like after the show, Troy and Abid moments where they both get water gunned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, I could feel like, oh shit, it's coming. It's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Community is very good. I, I don't know if I told you guys I was like watching the like Halloween specials around the holidays, or whatever, and watch the Community Halloween special, which I think is early season, season one or season two. And again, I was just like, "Yeah, this is still amazing, still hilarious." Like both of those I shows also. There being some seasons that were a little off, where like you know Dan was too drunk or he was kicked off of the show or whatever. Oh yeah, and, like season um, four where he's not on it with the, yeah. the gas leak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that they then like on like season five when he returns or whatever they just refer to the gas leak last, like last semester. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that Harmon was apparently a hot hot mess and whatever else. And... Yeah, and Chevy Chase too, and. Mm-hmm. I mean, dysfunctional cast, but sometimes they, you need that dysfunction to keep things popping, you know? Make, Make everyone magnitude. competitive. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, which apparently, I mean, again, it's the, the same thing with 30 Rock is like, it's a huge cast, yeah. like in terms of like, well, I mean, it's like, there's like the main, the main students are, that's one, two, three, four, five, six. The seven? group is six. Well, hang on. Troy and Abed, mm-hmm. Britta, Jeff, Shirley... Oh, it's seven. Yeah. What's her name? 
Uh, Allison, Allison, what's her face, and Chevy yeah. Chase. Here's yeah. seven. Yeah. So the main group is Glendale seven. seven. Yeah, the Glendale seven, and that's not counting. There's also Chang, and there's also the Dean. Jim Rash. Jim Rash is amazing. Yeah, exactly. He, re- he really became a star on that show. Occasionally, John Oliver. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like even the supporting cast is pretty good. You have like ten funny people to draw on at all times in in most episodes. Yeah. And then what's his name there? The the fixer from Breaking Bad who joins later there? The teacher. Yeah. No, 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 no. The yeah, one who joins the study group. Yeah, no, he becomes a teacher. He's the Spanish teacher. Maybe. All of all of those guys that come in after Chevy leaves are teachers. Hmm. I thought one of them joined the study group. Anyway. I think he hangs around, but he's also a teacher. Meh. No, he he's a teacher because Chang joins the study group. Right. <laughs> Great stuff. So yeah, what else is, is what else is going on? You I guys? watched the second season of um, uh, Tiger King. Cool. I know we touched on this briefly. Um, did you guys, either of you guys, take a look at it? Were you uh, I'm like two fans? or three episodes in. It, yeah. it, it. I at least currently, I feel it doesn't necessarily warrant second season of Tiger King, but more like the official Tiger King after show <laughs> or whatever. Like. Like, 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 even like some of the stuff, like where they get into Joe Exotic's past a little bit more. It's interesting and like yeah. messed up as as everything is in the world of Tiger King. <laughs> but like, it doesn't necessarily like add that much to the story to know, to know that somehow he was also a policeman, like <laughs> and other weird shit like that. Yeah, they 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 do like. There's a lot of time committed to just like robustifying the like the mythos of all of these characters. Yeah, exactly. Like all the stuff about uh, Cheryl Baskin's husband going down to Cuba and all that stuff. Pure insanity, as always. I mean, it, I, I guess like he, that that story is wrapped up in that one episode. So I think the end of it, they kind of conclude that he was probably killed by um, what was it? It wasn't Puerto Rico. It was um, uh, wasn't Cuba. No, it wasn't Cuba. It was on the mainland, and I oh. don't remember what what's what country it was. But they they talked to like one of his helper guys who was like, no, that that dude, I remember him. He liked young girls, you know? And if, if one of those young girls' fathers decided to come and do something, you know, maybe there was a good reason for it. And yeah, yeah. So yeah. probably he was assassinated for creeping on young bullets. Yeah, I mean, or, or, or alternatively also like flying his plane super, super low, full of money, like could have just hit by, hit by a tropical storm and went down somewhere. Like, yeah. also a thing. Like, like there's a million reasons that this like sketchy guy moving money and sleeping with underage women could have gotten killed <laughs> so stick with it because at the end it does all come together and opens the door for the third season that's going to be coming <laughs> for sure Jeez. there's like a bunch of them a bunch of the guys who from the first season fucking all went on the record claiming that that uh tiger king was was a criminal and did try to have the assassination all of them went on the fucking footage saying no we lied we made it up it wasn't true so they're totally going to get him out of jail. Like this is going to happen for real. And oh, they man. they all point the finger at the guy who was responsible. It's like Jeff Lowe was the the guy who, yeah. who kind of orchestrated the whole thing. He's like anyway, the second season paints him as the real villain of the whole the Yeah, whole... which was already kind of coming out in the first season, right? Yeah. And like like that's one of the things too with like with Sarah and I we were like while we were watching the second season, we we're like absolutely Joe Exotic probably deserves to be in jail for like animal cruelty and stuff. Maybe or, not conspiracy to commit or, murder. Or like, giving meth to a bunch of young men so they'll sleep with them. Yeah, exactly. 
exactly. I was like, this is not a good dude. But I'm like, but for the particular crime of conspiracy to commit murder, I don't think he should be in jail for that. Well, so the other funny part is they don't have a single episode on Doc. uh, What was his name? Doc. Oh, yeah, because he got really, really mad that they showed him as a weird sex pervert well yesterday they put out a three-part miniseries only on doc antle <laughs> and they have <laughs> they have all these people coming out being like no he's been he's been creeping on young girls for all of this time he's fucking he lives in a world of lies where he thinks he's this like superstar he's not actually a doctor oh yeah exactly yeah. well yeah they 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 established not actually a doctor the thing that was oh the best what is it jeff lowe's friend when they're like they cut to someone who just makes fun of like they're like <laughs> His only tagline is businessman. <laughs> like for the entire first season, and then when they introduce him in the second season, it's his name, businessman. It's still underneath. What's amazing? There's a there's a scene about towards the like the latter third, maybe even the latter quarter of it, where it cuts to Jeff Lowe, and he's like in bed with his his wife or his partner or whatever, and this other girl, and he's there, <laughs> and he's like spaced out. He's like, guys, the thing about ecstasy is you can just do it, and you can still think. You're not in trouble. You can drive. No problem. Ecstasy is the best. (laughs) (laughs) Just cuts to something else. I can't believe he he must have fucking rolled. And then and then they just started filming and he didn't think to stop it. I mean, because you can just think while you're on ecstasy, man. You could be on television. You could be in a documentary. No problem. It's just ecstasy. Zero issues, baby. Yeah, like that. That's the thing. I was like, when they when they announced Tiger King season two, people were like, "Do we really need like another season?" And I was like, "You could just point." I was like, "Based on Tiger King season one, you could just point cameras at these people, and you're gonna make money every time." It's They're it's all so insane. crazy though. It almost feels like a work halfway through. Like yeah. they, they they just keep compounding their idiocy and doing it on camera in front of in front of what they have to know is gonna be all of America. Like I don't understand. <sighs> I don't know. It's uh, they're, they're, they're kung fu Elliots, but with tigers. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I really enjoyed the, the all the way to the end of the second season. I thought I thought about halfway through. I was like, eh, you know, maybe this is this is like running running its course. But when they get into the Jeff Lowe depths, boy, oh boy. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'll check it out. I said we just yeah. wanted to like Sarah and I like legit got pretty into Bebop and then just like yeah. hammered through Bebop. It was a lot of fun. <clears throat> I like also, um, I guess as a you are listening to this and you're like i'm not on the fence about bebop i will say that despite it getting canceled it like it wraps its story and then has like a teaser for a second season it's not like it like ends on the monster like oh my god coming in next kind of thing like it's it sort of like it it even takes some of the like episode 10 takes a couple of the beats from the last episode of bebop hmm. like it doesn't necessarily i mean spoilers it does. They were planning a season two. It doesn't end with Spike dying because <laughs> they were planning a season two. But it like it takes some of that, some of the some of the beats from the like Spike showdown with Vicious from the final episode. So mm. it's uh it's kind of neat. Apparently, too, they were talking to the guy who played Vicious <clears throat> uh, in like the 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 sword fight, the church sword fight that we all kind of see in the trailers. I think it's even in the yeah. opening credit scene. He was talking about like how some of the stuff they like they tried to do was like we could do your own thing but then sometimes they tried to do like painstakingly redoing of the the anime series and he was like dude he's like there was literally one of those shots where he was like it was like pull something with the sword do the move and like the hair drops in the face he's like we had to do that like 100 plus times to get everything 
exactly the way it was in the anime because they didn't want to like CG the hair or whatever else like that. And he's like, and I'm doing this stunt in like very tight leather pants and it sucked. He's like, he's like not even, he's like a lot of times it was fun on sets. This was garbage. He's like, this was a garbage day of shooting. I'm glad he's like, it looks real cool, but he's like, it was like probably one of the like crappiest days of shooting like that he ever had. He was like, just cause they were like, it's gotta be exactly right. He's like, I'm, trying to be athletic in tight leather pants you monsters god just give him some shiny jeggings yeah Fuck. exactly wrestlers knew that yeah. knew that all along on the topic of wrestling scott did you hear that jeff hardy just walked out of a house show mm, yes but also that's not news that's jeff hardy but then he got his release and everyone is like wwe is pitching it as a relapse but then all of his wife and family are saying he's fine and I was like, little of A, little of B, little of, I'm just, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't, I don't even want to be around anymore. Like, I think you should leave. I didn't I'm think not, you should I'm leave reference even, just for John. Uh-huh. I'm not it's even tough. sure. I'm not even sure anyone wants to be there in WWE. <laughs> just weird. I don't understand those, those releases. What does that mean? What's they had a, a couple of rounds of big talent releases where they just fired everyone. And all kinds of like big name talent, like Braun Strowman and uh And Strowman was huge, was really well haha <laughs> was was crazy because he was an actual like WWE made guy who was like really over and popular, but was like fully a like because a lot of any a lot of people who were getting the cuts were people who had like established indie cred and whatever else because a they all want to jump ship to AEW and we're probably like being shitty employees and stuff but then and a lot of the people that are sticking around are the guys who are like developed by wwe right so braun Strowman was crazy because he was still pretty over and could be over in a second as soon as he shows up and says get these hands everybody's gonna cheer because he's six foot ten and 350 pounds like and athletic and like zippy <laughs> you know like not he's not like lumbering around like kali like yeah. He does big moves and like jumps over the top rope and stuff and was built up by the WWE. And then they're like, nah, get rid of him. Wyndham Rotunda. Don't get it. So weird. Yep. His, his exit. Super weird. Um, Keith Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Keith Lee was the other guy also getting super over. Yep. Fans like, loved him. They repackaged him into something stupid and then fired him right away. Like, oh, yep. oh, okay. <laughs> so they were sharing this thing. So apparently like Wade Barrett was talking about this story where he was like, they were doing like, they were workshopping some promos with Vince and Vince, uh, it was like Wade Barrett and Seamus and Wade Barrett's like, Vince is like, he's like, he's like, just get at each other and get in each other's faces and like act like dogs. So like Barrett does it and growls and Vince says like, not an actual dog, you son of a bitch. And then just like walks out of the room. (laughs) And then someone on Reddit like posted the like link of where he made Trish Stratish bark like a dog in the wrestling ring. And you're like, so imagine your boss has a history of actually making people bark like a dog, then tells you to act like a dog, and then you act like a dog, and he's like, you fucked this up. I'm like, what a fun place to work. He he sounds like an impossible boss. <laughs> like, ooh. Are are they still on top of the wrestling world? And is there a chance they would not be? They they are because they make so much money from their television deals. Yeah, 
the TV deals and merchandising, like like they're you can't go to Toys R Us and see the walls lined with AEW toys and whatever else like that. Like WWE, the machine is so yeah. big that it's gonna like leave them on top in terms of money. But like in terms of ratings, like AEW is scratching at them in terms of ratings. So there's like it's it's not crazy to think in the span of a couple years they will no longer be on top. But it's like, but right now they're like video game licensing, merchandising, they're they do bigger tours, they have more touring groups. They have bigger TV deals. Like there's their streaming deal is massive. They have their own network thing, which is now on Peacock. Which so that means they're getting like it's included with Peacock now. So that means the way someone was like talking about the math, even though they're not getting like individual subscriber money, they get a certain amount of every Peacock thing. And Peacock's a pretty big deal in the states because it's NBC's big streaming service. So they're like that equates to even more money than having their own streaming service. Or like they don't have to manage it now. They're just producing all this content, right? And sending it over to Peacock. So there's probably like less overhead and whatever else, but. In- including the full library of yeah. WWE, WWF, WCW. Every pay-per-view that's ever happened. Like, Every pay-per-view that that's ever happened. That library is. is that that library money. is money. Like I've, I've like, it's just, just the ability to go and like put on any Royal Rumble or any WrestleMania or whatever else. So this match, that match, like that or, that Raw from two thousand and one, it's or there. Every single Monday Night Raw. Yeah, there's exactly a guy on YouTube it. who who watches Monday Night Raw and Nitro back to back, and he's reliving the war. Just comments on what was going on on these shows head to head. Yeah, he's done like seventy episodes. It's like, whoa, man, that's yeah, a lot running, of. They run weekly, man. Yeah. <laughs> He's in 97. He's been doing it for like two years. It's, <laughs> it's, it's wacky. So yeah. In, so in a lot of the money metrics, they're absolutely on top. In terms of the like just going toe-to-toe with ratings, like AEW is beating SmackDown now, I think. Or mm. whatever. Like I think they're still not necessarily beating Raw, but like Raw's having dwindling numbers, so I'm sure that's coming. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'd rather watch AEW even before the big talent purge, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it. Like, he, even prior to Punk and Brian and whatever else like that, even all the AEW originals, I'd rather watch MJF and Darby Allen wrestle than almost anyone, like, in WWE right now. Yeah. Anyway. We'll um, Did you see that MJF there? CM Punk promo? I haven't. I've been saving it. Oh, man, it's good. <laughs> it's, it's a delight. It's, it's it's a promo for wrestling fans. Yeah, I've, I've heard it's like something else. Like I was like, I looked up the clip and it's like eighteen minutes, and I was like, whoa, this is longer than a match. Yeah, <laughs> I let them just yell at each other with, with good snappy mean comments. Well, yeah, like there are like easily the the two best talkers of their like respective generations, right? Like mm-hmm. by by a country mile. Did you see the fallout on SmackDown? On SmackDown, Edge used it to piss off the Miz. Go on. Like, Other wrestling companies are using you as an insult, Miz. <laughs> In the ring, Miz is just like, "Son of a bitch!" <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> well, I love when they booed WrestleMania when Daniel Bryan referenced it. <laughs> Great, but he's just sort of like he's like, "I had a match Monday night after my after I wrestled twice at WrestleMania boo," and he's like, "Why are you booing that? It's true." <laughs> like. I wrestled two matches on the biggest wrestling show in the world and then wrestled the next night. You're here partying. Like, people boo. Ex- excellent heel work, Daniel Bryan. Uh, what else is going on? I, I watched... I'm watching, I'm watching Hawkeye. 
on Disney. The new Marvel. I heard it was really series. good. It is really good. I'm liking it so far. Some I'm worried. People. I'm worried it's going to Disney Plus the premise like it has all the other shows. What does that mean? What's Disney Plus the premise? Explain Disney Plus the premise. All right. So WandaVision. You heard it was really good and artsy. And then yeah. it got to the end of the series and you're like, what? Oh, oh so it's not Disney Plusing. It's just, just Disneying it as like as happened in Shang-Chi. Yeah, well, we, like you're like I'm watching a cool them. kung fu movie, and now there's dragons fighting. Or like yeah. I'm watching WandaVision, and it's this cool quirky sitcomy thing. Oh, and now there's witches fighting in the sky. Yeah, like so yeah, exactly. That's, two that's same char- you... characters with the same powers fighting each other. Are we yeah. doing giant light column? Like you get Captain or Falcon and Winter Soldier, and you're like, man, this Baron Zemo character is amazing. Oh, he's gone, and now it's two spies fighting each other. Yeah, and then. You you get uh, Loki. You're like, this is really weird. I could watch Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson sit around and talk about salad for for eight hours. No, wait. There's a big fight at the end yep. with another godlike power, and mm-hmm. um, I'm petrified because I'm really liking Hawkeye so far. <laughs> well, that's what I've heard. It's the most like grounded. Like it's just the like. It it did what I thought was impossible and made Jeremy Renner seem personable. Oh. I was going to say, Jeremy, Jeremy Renner was great in Tag, but he was the asshole in Tag. <laughs> right? Like, he's just kind of likable and awkward and doesn't change him from being very quiet, which he was for all of those movies. Mm-hmm. Just, like, gives him kind of a reason for that. Hmm. Like, what did you want me to do? I had spent 15 years killing people. <laughs> the government told me to kill these people, and I thought, sure, those are bad people. But well, I'm not going to put on a costume. <laughs> it, it's also he's the only person who like remembers the past correctly. Like I was reading, like the article about Black Widow, where, where there's the line in Avengers of like remember Budapest, and then like we watch Black Widow and it's actually like this horrific event and she's just like we and like flips through fighting the things and like Hawkeye's like we remember Budapest very differently and I'm like no because he actually <laughs> remembers it. He yeah. remembers the horrors that you did. And it wasn't just flipping and like saving the day and it involved like children dying and stuff. Yeah. Budapest was a nightmare and only Hawkeye remembers it, right? <laughs> and that's why he's sad. Yeah. Black no. Widow is a monster who's like, just like Budapest. Wee Hawkeye good so far. Uh, I'll reserve judgment until the finale, but the the first few episodes are good. Where he's going to fight the Green Arrow. <laughs> they they make fun of trick arrows really hard in one episode. It's And it's very, very good. <laughs> it's very good. Um, uh, what Scott, else? I'm watching, watch? I'm watching Wheel of Time. I have, I, you mentioned this last time, but I have a yeah. question for you. Did you watch Space Jam and New Legacy? I did. I watched it on the plane. <laughs> Wasn't the... Ice King Zombie and Pennywise, very strange additions for that movie. <laughs> very, very strange additions. At like, and then like, who was any of this for? Like, like the like. Don't get me wrong, Roadrunner and Wiley e. Coyote, <laughs> just ripping it up on Fury Road. I was like, I'm enjoying this, but how would a child? Right. <laughs> like, I'm like, and, and not just that. Like, Keith, you're the target for Roadrunner. Fury Road comedy. Yeah. There is no chance you're a LeBron James fan. Like Exactly. How who is the person <laughs> in the middle of that Venn diagram of LeBron James Roadrunner? 
Mad Max. I exactly. don't know. And they're like, well, let's put an extended action sequence in our big budget children's movie devoted to that. Not just like a cutaway, like like a five or six minute long scene reenacting the chase on Fury Road, but with Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner in the mix. Right. With LeBron driving a car behind them. Who is that for? <laughs> no idea. I, I, also I, like a long Matrix sequence. And I was like, this movie came out 25 years ago or whatever it was. Like, yep. Let's have Pennywise. And it's not for children. My my kid, I watched that movie with my kid, and he's like, is that Pennywise? I was like, how do you know who that is? <laughs> Why, but, is, is he going to do something inappropriate? I'm like, maybe. <laughs> I don't know thing, about this movie. Did you watch original Space Jam, though? I did. It's also recently. Bad. Yeah, yeah, in the last last two years I watched it. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, like, like there's like some adulty stuff in that one, too, that I like kind of like when sure but it's like when like all, of, all of the stuff with the other ball players right like when they're like when they go like patrick ewing and they're like uh do you like find yourself having a lack of performance in other areas and he's like hey or like charles barkley in the uh like like praying at the church being like i'll stop saying bad things about madonna like that's there's no kid who understands charles barkley you know ripping on madonna yeah but that's those are throwaway lines They're yeah it's not the point there. of the movie yeah. also space jam and new legacy not in space i mean what mm-hmm. it's just the visualization of space but they're actually in a big computer huh. I, just, I don't it, i don't it was, know it, it was, i don't know who it was for i don't know who made these final decisions the, the idea also like alleges all- that LeBron James was a bad father up until he played Space Jam, but he didn't play Space Jam in the real world, so he's still a bad father. Yeah, <laughs> and also <laughs> tries to be a good father by sending his son to really expensive computer camp. What? I thought you were, tries to be a good father by absolutely embarrassing him and dunking on him. Yes, and also dunking on his son, <laughs> like posterized. Like he goes into that game. Just really dead set on winning. Oh yeah, yeah against yeah, yeah. his son. <laughs> yeah. This whole no, thing yeah. sounds like a hot, stupid mess. But I think the first one was a hot, stupid mess, also. Yes, they're they're both hot, stupid messes. Yeah, you right. just have to remember that in the first one, Michael Jordan got all his NBA buddies cast so he could force them to play basketball with him while he was filming the movie every will, single day. I would also I would also say that the first one has like. Like, because so here's the thing: I watched the original Space Jam, uh, lying in bed in the resort, <laughs> like, like getting ready for bed. I was like, "Oh, Space Jam!" And then I watched New Legacy on the plane. So, like, I watched them both in the last week. <laughs> like, the first one is is also kind of dumb, but like, it's a Looney Tunes movie it, with Michael Jordan, right? And but I was gonna, I will say bad. that like it also, but it has because of its time has a lot more of like whoa, can you believe Michael Jordan is doing this? As dumb as it is, every scene you're like, this is insane that they got Michael Jordan to do this. Like that isn't, that's less of a weird thing I find now that there's like people are social media stars and like cross platform marketing things or whatever, which like Michael Jordan was, but in the nineties, you're just sort of like, oh yeah, we got the like actual best basketball player of all time to do this. And every scene kind of became like, at least intriguing because of that, even though he can't act and it's a big, hot, stupid mess. Mm-hmm. But like that on its own was like a wow factor that just when you're like, okay, so like LeBron did it again. Like even freaking Babs Bunny or whatever her name is, Lola Bunny was like, yeah, been there, done that. Like, yeah, this has happened before. So the novelty isn't there. Like, the, only, the only good thing in that 
the the new uh, Space Jam movie is the cameo by Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> From North Carolina, Michael Jordan. And Michael B. Jordan walks on, going, "Hey, LeBron, nice to meet you. Big fan." Yeah, that that was good. Loved it. Everything but, else. But yeah, something. Not, nothing in the new one is nearly as funny as anything Bill Murray says in the first one. Even though Bill Murray mm-hmm. is clearly just phoning it in and not giving any shits about what's happening while he's filming him, yep. Bill Murray not caring is funnier than anything in Space Jam: A New Legacy. And the darkness in A New Legacy is pervasive. He's yeah. shitty to his kids. He's 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 a bad family person. He is playing for reasons that are so nebulous. Like, yeah. The bad guy is probably right, and also there's like that weird body horror that he does on all the other stars that he makes. Yeah, but I mean that was the kid. The kid did that. Yeah, but actually kidnapping other pro basketball players and turning them into mutants was pretty freaky deaky. No, but he didn't actually kidnap them. I thought he just like pulled their stats. Did he actually kidnap them? I don't know. I don't know. It was weird. I didn't like it. It was very strange. Anyway, I, yeah, I thought it was dumb. Well, I'll, I'll and, and like the it. weird serial killer in the crowd cheering on the bad guy. Not and great. not not to mention the droogs. The droogs are in there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like, like yeah, from not Clockwork Orange. Yes, correct. <laughs> in Space Jam, correct. Yes. Who that was a good the, idea? The premise, the premise of Space Jam is that there are no more like Looney Tunes cartoons or whatever uh, because of the fact that like. The algae rhythm algorithm like uh-huh. opened up the Warner Brothers servers and then like lets the IPs like fly around the servers however they want. So that's how you end up with Roadrunner and Mad Max Fury Road is because like they just get to like inject themselves into whatever IP they want and they're just kind of having fun on the servers while he tries to like figure out like what the next big thing is, right? Like as an algorithm, is Roadrunner and Mad Max like a good thing? Whatever. I'm just mashing up all the Warner Brother IPs to try to figure out what their next big hit's going to be. And in the final basketball battle, all of the Warner Brother IPs are like there in the crowd. Good and guys like, on one side, bad guys on the other. Yeah, exactly. Like Iron Giant sitting there and whatever else on the good guy side. But on the bad guy side, you see like the actual Ice King from Game of Thrones. You see the Danny DeVito uh, penguin, penguin, like in his underwear. Like, you know, like remember like Danny DeVito, like Penguin in Batman Returns was just like in like that white, like spittle covered, like onesie. Yeah. Yeah, he's in that. Just crazy. For no, reason. for no reason. Like on the good guy side, there's the mask. Like the mask is around. <laughs> like they're and, just like and, and the 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 crazy drunk rapist Droogs and the child both ring both, both Jack Nicholson Joker and Joaquin Phoenix Joker. Yep, are there. Just imagine Joaquin Phoenix Joker watching a basketball game. How awful that is. I mean, with the Ice King. And Pennywise. Pennywise the Clown, yeah. And Malcolm McDowell in a white bodysuit and a bowler hat. So weird. It's so bad. Yeah, it's it's a very bad, strange thing. Bad decisions were made. I also watched the Ninjago movie, which was much better. The new the one what? with Jackie Chan? Yeah. I don't know if I've talked about this on the show, but the TV series... Yeah, you're telling me. The TV series is really good. It's fantastic. And it the movie is fine. But the TV series is better. Wow. Because it's an epic 
tale of good versus evil and redemption that is not afraid to drastically smash all of the Lego pieces and put them back together to something new. Ah. What is this? Like, I never put them back together again. Ninjago. Ninjago? What is it? Yeah. It's a kid's show. It's a cartoon. Oh, Ninjago. Ninjas ninjas and Legos. Right. Man, as far as, like, fantasy-oriented animation, sure, they all are Lego guys, but it's really cool. There's, like, mysticism and epic battles and, like, the, the raising of the stakes and... Like they, the good guys get chased out of their base and have to relocate, and it's fantastic. Hmm. Bad guys come back and, and team up and, and get screwed over by other bad guys. It's very cool. I, I the, also the, watch... the best thing, the best thing about it though, is the the main bad guy for season one is Lord Garmadon. Garmadon, and he's got a, a a son who's a teenage brat who's trying to be evil. He's kind of like a Scott Evil character, but his name is Lloyd. Garmadon. Mm-hmm. It just it amuses me so much. Lord Garmadon and Lloyd Garmadon. Mm-hmm. In the movie, he pronounces, he was just sort of like, ah, it's my son, Lloyd. And he's like, it's just Lloyd. He's like, no, it's Lloyd. I named you. There's two L's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I recommend the, the, the Ninja Go stuff. It's. Yeah. It's fun. I don't know if is the show is the show like funny like the movie. Yeah. Or is it played straight? Okay, yeah. Because like the, oh, no, I mean, funny. all you need to know about Ninjago John the film yeah. is it's it's exactly the like the Lego Batman level of humor and the Lego movie stuff like actually kind of funny but still kind of like kinetic and insane. Well, yeah. while it all goes on, like shockingly well done for what it is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I, I would yeah. say like Ninjago less, but like but still the cast is like uh, what's his name. David Franco as Lloyd. Uh, what's her name? Abby from uh, Broad City is like one of the people. For no reason, Fred Armisen is the like the the ice or the, the rock guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like completely underutilized as a voice actor. They're like Fred Armisen, and I was like, wait, what? Like when I was like looking at the credits, I'm like, why did you have a very funny voice actor and just not use him at all? But yeah, perfect yeah. plane movie. That it's, and the series is better, I think. If you're if you've seen people who are fans of the show, they're like, the movie is not the show; they are different things. Mm-hmm. It's a little also, bit like if you're a fan of Batman and you watch Lego Batman, you're like, I understand what's happening here; just they're different. Hmm. Um. So I also feel remiss. I think this is our last episode before Christmas, mm-hmm. and I watched a modern Christmas classic. You guys. Ooh. Hmm? A movie that I believe will be destined to actually become a real Christmas classic. It came out like last month. So okay. it's a this it's a this season holiday movie. And it's and it's it's brilliant in its simplicity. The movie is called Eight Bit Christmas. Okay, I've seen is, the picture of it. And it's uh as as basically like without I mean I'll I'll get into some of like the funny bits of it, but here's why it works is it takes a Christmas story. And instead of a rifle, it's set in the 80s and a kid wants a Nintendo. <laughs> and I was like, this appeals to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, like in, in the same way that like the kid wanted the, the rifle in the, the Christmas era. Story, this kid wants a Nintendo. And it's all about like hijinks of him and his friends trying to get a Nintendo. And the narrator, like the old man narrator is Neil Patrick Harris. 
talking his daughter about like how much he wanted a Nintendo in 1988. <laughs> Delightful, like absolutely, like like funny and and all of the all the Nintendo stuff is hilarious and whatever else, like, like him completely, uh, like forgetting to take care of his sister because there's like the Nintendo on free play in the toy store. I was like, yep, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like a hundred percent. That's a thing. Um, like at one point, like the rich kid gets the power glove and gets like badly beaten by like, by like a girl and they're like a girl beat you and like and he's like to be fair he's like he's like to be fair while it was great to watch this kid like get beaten by like tiffany and whatever else like that we would find out that the power glove really sucked so this wasn't entirely on him (laughs) (laughs) like yeah all kinds of stuff like that but then otherwise like still just a really like has all of the beats of something like a christmas story like all that classic like the dad trying to like be like you know it's not all about nintendo and whatever else the dad is also what's his face? Oh, that his last guy. name is Zahn, not Billy Zahn. Steve Zahn. Steve Zahn. Oh, I like Steve Zahn. Yeah, exactly. Steve Zahn plays kind of the like, uh, like lovable loser handyman dad. Like always, just like, and again, all of the characters are just like, just like that weird Christmas story ish vibe. Like, like to be like, so my mom was like a master of multitasking, but emphasis on two tasks. She was doing two things at once. Just like. Like she was like a she was like a champion and she's like grading papers while cooking. They're like, throw a third one into the mix and things get dicey. And he like spills ketchup on his shirt and then she's like starts like scrambling and he's like, Can I get Nintendo? She's like, Yeah, yeah, sure. He's like, nailed it. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> like all of those weird little tropes. And he's like, My dad was like a handyman or whatever. It's like, so, like around the entire house, everything is just like in a constant state of like half repair and whatever. Like, cause it's the whole like unreliable narrator of the, uh, you know, the dad telling his daughter mm-hmm. what to do, like what uh what was going on really good like in terms of like absolutely something that i would if i had kids would fully be in the the holiday movie rotation in terms of like really funny like there's even kind of like a throwback to the like they collect baseball cards and they catch like they get like a rare uh a rare card where it's like someone's like holding a bat and they were just sort of like there's a swear on it. And they're like, it's a rare card. It's like a misprint. Like they, they're usually like fudge that out or whatever. And they were just sort of like, said like a, like a real, they're like, it was a swear face card. And the mom, and like the little kids like, was it S face? And like Ben Neil Patrick's hair is like, no. And then she's like, was it D face? And like, no. And she's like, oh, it was F face. And he's like, it was F face. That's, <laughs> like, that's a, a famous card that's a real card. yeah i know exactly that, that's it's, it's a the real billy, card it's the billy ripkin tops card billy ripkin there you go yeah yeah so what, some, what does it say on the on the knob of his bat someone on the team just to to mess with them wrote fuck face but oh, it's in his baseball card post and then he's he's taking a picture for tops and he's showing his bat and it slipped through everything and that card got released Woo! Yeah. So, now they and have then a got baseball caught, card. It got caught halfway through the run, and they just put a piece of like black ink on the on the photo and ran the card. Yeah. So the the fuckface card is one of those famous fuck up. And was like and was like valuable immediately. So then they obviously kind of hatched the plan to like sell their baseball cards to buy a Nintendo that they're going to share and like whatever else, like you know, yeah, all that stuff. Like there's like obviously like the the timed heist or whatever where they're they're. Like they're going on a uh, field trip to downtown Chicago. Like they actually get the money for Nintendo and like 
Also, somehow, and like, I don't know if this is like on purpose or like, or just for me, but like, of course, it's set in a suburb of Chicago because that's where John Hughes movies are set. Like, it's not Shermer, but like, it may as well be. Right. <laughs> you know, like, I was like, also a weird throwdown that like, of course, an 80s movie takes place in a suburb of Chicago because 80 movies always took place in a suburb of Chicago. Like... <laughs> anyway, where good is stuff. It? Where it's is it? on I'm... HBO or Crave. Uh, I think it's even in theaters, if I'm not mistaken. I think it might be one of those in the theaters. movies. Yeah. Like in the movies? Like at the theater. Right, yeah, no, I would. Go, go back to normal. Yeah, exactly. I'd highly recommend you. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you must have a video on demand service or something, Scott, that you could you could download it and watch it with Arch. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a little bit over his head. Uh, I wonder, I though. Like... Cause like, like some of the stuff, like, like, like there's a lot of like, like home, maybe not necessarily home alone level, but there's a lot of like kid hijinks action scenes okay. that are like, like pretty funny. Like, like where, like I said, like the heist is like one thing, but even just like, like, I, like they're like every morning before school, there were like, there's like this one kid who's just like clearly like 16 and they're like, they're all supposed to be eight or nine or whatever the heck it is. And he's like, like has stubble and stuff. And they were like. His name was like Josh Jadarski or whatever. And they were just sort of like, every morning before school, we would play King of the Mountain. And every morning it was Josh was King of the Mountain. You just see this like 16-year-old just like throwing kids down. <laughs> and I was like, like watching it, I was like, oh yeah, King of the Mountain was insane. <laughs> like, you're like, why, why was this a thing that we played like on the regular? Like, so much like chunks of ice and rocks in the snow pile because it's just the snow pile that the plow pushed like into yep. a big heap and then you're like hey who can stand on top while everybody else tries to like spear someone off of it we in my schoolyard we had this ramp at the end of the schoolyard that led to the upper schoolyard that was five feet of black top at a 45 degree angle <laughs> And in the corner of the schoolyard, it was two of these ramps that met at an angle. And because drainage was poor, at the bottom of that corner, it would always fill with water and in winter would freeze mm -hmm. with ice. And we played a game where you started at the top of this five foot intersection of ramps and ran down the hill as fast as you could <laughs> to see how far you could slide yeah. in a death match. <laughs> Just That's like you would slide, you would hit a Red Bull would drop. later turn that into crashed ice. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> did you see the video of the hockey players who go try crashed ice? No. Oh, it was on YouTube. Just Google that. Like, hockey players try crashed ice. Oh, my. They're all excited. They're super stoked for it. They get to the top of the ramp and they all, nope, why? Please, no. <laughs> I don't want to do this. <laughs> and they go down. It takes them like two hours to go down as a bunch. That's they're like all like super scared. Just, they're falling so much. Guys are like, "How do I'm I'm halfway down? Can someone help? Can I get airlifted?" <laughs> Crash dice is insane. It is way crazier than it even used to be. If you haven't seen it in a little while, the ramps are bigger. The drops are like four feet. We're just like they're skating on the ice, and then it drops four feet, and you have to fall and land. That's my knees. Yeah. <laughs> One of the guys is a goalie. He's just like, why am I here? <laughs> it, it's it's amazing and shows you how much more terrifying the sport actually is. And these guys are like, we play hockey. We get hit and we fall all the time. Yeah. And this sucks so much. It's great. 
<laughs> yeah, there's people like climbing over the edge of the walls to take the the, the scaffolding down. The walk, the walk path down. Yeah, that's crazy. It was like it, they were doing it in Quebec City or whatever before pandemic, and I was like, I really want to go see it. I was like, I feel that would be like a fun. Have like get the get the cowbell like ding 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 ding. That's the you know way high. It's like starts like five stories up. Yep. And that's it. And they build the like they build the bleachers alongside of it and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I feel that would be like a fun, a fun event. If you ever want to go and there's something around, I'm I'm down too because I don't think TV does it justice. Talked about a dead man's dick. Hi. Thanks for sticking around to the very end of the show, everybody. That means you're our number one fan. <laughs> As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you can get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. 905.cc. <laughs> Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.